Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio, where we talk about anything and everything, a song of ice and fire. This week on the show, we are going to be discussing the state of Targaryens in the current meta. If you haven't already seen the title, uh, we are going to try to throw in there uh, a little bit of all the Hero Box ones. Since the last time we talked about Targaryens, uh, they were only had a few things spoiled at the time. So uh, we're definitely throw that in there to kind of get everyone up to date. Uh, if you have not already seen the box or uh, gotten a chance to purchase it yet. So um, we're going to dive into that, but uh, you know, since uh, Brett is fashionably late, we'll wait for him. Not really. I'm kidding. You know, but he'll be on <laughs> any minute. I'm just giving him a hard time. But uh, tonight we have with us two guests. Uh, we have Chris from Mythicos Gaming. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and then uh, also our other guest is a another local of ours, uh, awesome guy. Um, I'm glad that we can finally get you on. Uh, his name is Angus, and uh, he plays Lannisters in Targaryens. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. So... <clears throat> Uh, in our group, uh, Targaryens has probably played the least, so it was nice to kind of get another person on that uh, that could kind of give more of an insight and has a lot more passion for the, the faction. I know uh, Chris Sellers, our co-host, he he plays Targaryens, and uh, if we uh, just did a battle report, was it Saturday? So uh, definitely, if you guys are listening to this live, uh, that should be out in I'm hoping in a couple of days we'll see where uh, we got a bunch of pictures and whatnot that we have to get edited and put it into the uh, the better report so it looks you know extra nice. So uh, with that said, uh, I'm going to give a couple of shout outs uh, before and after. That way the shout outs at the end is not super long like it's been in the last couple episodes. I want to shout out uh, a song of ice and fire guild.com. That's where you can go to find a bunch of different content creators that have all collaborated together to make one site where you can find all the content in one place. Uh, it ranges from, you know, our show, which is kind of like a live uh, podcast uh, there's other podcasts, there's uh, articles and bat reps and just, you know, pretty much anything and everything under the sun. Uh, SongOfIceAndFireStats.com is a part of it as well. Uh, Chris, uh, who's on with us tonight from Mythicos, is also a part of it. So definitely check that out and you'll be able to find all of our content on there, as well as uh, guild-exclusive content that we drop every month um, that you can only find there. And it'll be themed, so um, we'll be dropping it. You know, I believe the first, uh, trying to drop everything the first of every month, or at least you know in the beginning of the month. So you know, with that said, you know it's it's uh, almost July. So uh, you know, just uh, keep an eye out for that stuff. So um, also, uh, I already briefly mentioned it, but a song of ice and fire stats dot com definitely check out that uh, site if you haven't already. That's a place where you can go and submit all your battles uh, that you do with you know your local friends, even if you're playing on Tabletop Simulator, any game you've ever played, even if it's games that you played in the past that you 
have, uh, if you remember all of the details, or at least some of the details, whether, you know, if you, how many points you got and what commanders and factions and whatnot you played, you can submit those. And the more you submit, the more uh, we can get better data uh, to show us the way things are performing. So uh, the more recent, the better, because definitely uh, with things changing in the meta and the way the rules change. So obviously, if you're going to submit it from way back, you know, before, you know, like 1.5 or something, that might not be as accurate. So, but uh, definitely keep that in mind uh, to go check that out. I highly recommend it if you haven't already gone there to uh, make an account and, you know, submit your games and find out, you know, what factions are doing well and which ones are doing poor, what commanders and so on. So definitely go check that out. So, and I'll leave the rest of our shout outs for the end of the show. Um, so yeah, we'll jump right into, uh, kind of the state of Targaryens. I will let, uh, Chris from Mythicos, why don't you start us off with, uh, something that kind of jumps out to you as far as, uh, Targaryens and how they're performing right now. Well, I think for me, I've been playing uh, Targaryens a lot the last couple of weeks, um, especially with the advent of the uh, hero box available. Um, one of the things I noticed, and this is just really a general observation to start, is that they've got a lot of really cool stuff. And I know that seems like a really weird statement, but like they've got a lot of really cool stuff. They've got a lot of really cool commanders. They've got a lot of really cool uh, card combinations with those commander's cards um the problem is i feel like the faction feels like a extremely jumbled together faction uh list building is extremely difficult right now um and i noticing that some of the point values just seem a little awkward as stands right now um so while they're super fun to play and they have a lot of cool stuff i think their ncus are pretty strong um i think the hero box in general was a very strong hero box um, just in general, I feel like they've got a lot of cool stuff. They've got a lot of strong stuff, but the way this synergy works with uh, the faction in general is a little tough to kind of just list build and play right now. Sorry for that little delay there. I was uh, chit-chatting with Brett. He's uh, going to be on any second. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. It's, you know, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, Targaryen's, uh, kind of you know they're they're lacking but i think once things start coming out they're definitely going to flesh out and you know be a lot uh you know a lot more rounded i think right now you know targaryens they have that the that speed they have the dothraki and they have the uh unsullied especially if you you know you're counting the um where they called pikemen uh the ones with the the newer mm-hmm. ones that were spoiled and then the yeah. sword masters if they are as expensive as you know everything has been rumored or confirmed I, I don't even know at this point then really what i think targaryens are going to be missing is that cheaper infantry unit to kind of round out things so that you're not either running all cavalry speed or running, you know, all elite uh, unsullied. Uh, though I do believe that Stormcrows fit that role fairly well. Um, I know Stormcrows don't hit as hard as we would like them to, but I think when the Dervishes come out, that'll that'll change quite a bit. But 
dervishes are, you know, seven points, then that's not necessarily as cheap as I think they really need them to be. Um, but yeah, I think uh, mercenaries are a good uh, option at the moment uh, until maybe something else, something better comes out. Uh, with that, I'm going to kind of segue into Justin, since we're kind of talking about neutrals, uh, Stormcrow in particular, what do you think about Stormcrow's kind of filling that void uh, that Targaryens are kind of lacking at the moment? So I've encouraged Chris to use them just because uh, they kind of need activations. However, from, I guess, objective evidence of how they've played in the battle reports, I've seen that Targaryens have used, uh, they they just, they don't do anything except, I mean, maybe they're useful for soaking up some damage. Because, I mean, they you know, obviously they have 12 wounds. A 4-up save isn't going to get them crazy far, but it's not terrible. Um, like I know in your battle report Saturday, they took like two Melisandres to the face. So they, they were able to absorb that. Uh, it did not feel good <laughs> for them. But I don't know. Like they don't have the speed that Targaryens look for. They don't hit hard, which Targaryens don't have the defense, so they need to hit hard in order to push through and succeed. Um, I mean, obviously use them for attachments, and that's not a terrible idea, except Targaryens are at the moment lacking in good attachments. Uh, Not to say that the Unsullied Officer is a bad attachment, but you're certainly not going to put a three-point Unsullied Officer in a Stormcrow unit to give them free attacks over other units. Uh, so I think maybe as more attachments come out for Targaryens, they'll be a lot better. But I think I've said before, I'm not the crazy biggest fan of uh, Stormcrows right now, but it's also very faction-dependent. I'm not sure Stor- uh, Targaryens are their strongest faction. Yeah, I mean, I agree, which is funny because uh, Stormcrows kind of fit, if they were to fit anyone, any faction, they would fit Targaryens the best as far as like the story. Um, oh sure, yeah, I mean, definitely. It, it makes sense that they're neutral, I think, but I don't know. I I think uh, it'd be cool maybe in Hero Box Two to have a Targaryen um, Dario uh, with maybe the Stormcrow keyword still. That way, uh, you know, it would encourage you to run the Stormcrow neutrals and maybe some like awesome strong buffs that will, uh, you know, that the strong buffs that only Targaryens will benefit from even though Stormcrows would be neutral units. So, and who knows, maybe they'd be, there would be a um, Stormcrow only like Targaryen Stormcrow unit. I doubt it, but it'd be kind of cool if there was um, maybe like an honor guard, I guess for Dario that uh, Targaryens could only take with like the Targaryen Dario commander. This is all speculation, obviously, but, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see something like that. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think Stormcrow are kind of in that weird spot that, like you were saying, they're not really offensive enough like Targaryens need them to be, and Targaryens don't really have the defensiveness needed to really keep them alive. I think where they kind of just fit right now is the fact that they're cheap, uh, to help you fit the points for your other big stuff, whether it be the uh, vets or uh, just unsullied units. Um, that way, you're not super out, you know, out activated on the field if you're trying to run elite. Um, 
and if you want them around something more hybrid rather than like a complete uh, Dothraki uh, horde. So um, I'm gonna pause for a second. We got uh, Brett finally on here. Hello, <laughs> Brett. Finally. What's up, guys? Finally. Hey. This guy. So. Uh, with that said, um, I'm going to go to Angus. Uh, how are you feeling with the, you know, with what's out for Targaryens and what is on the horizon? Um, well, I've been having a really hard time with them. I mean, don't get me wrong. They've been fun to play. Um, but I've found myself out-activated almost every single occasion. Um, and that's difficult. As far as the Storm Crows go, I've tried putting the Belvaz veteran pit fighter in with them, and that obviously doesn't work because they're just too squishy for him to stick around long enough to get anything done and get those bonuses racked up from the orders. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to try the Grey Worm freed by the dragon. I don't know if any of you all have tried that yet, but it seems to me like that might work out okay. You know, with Combat Master, you get to re-roll the attack dice, and you can't become weakened. And then uh, the Martial Training Order, your enemy becomes vulnerable. So it seems like a relatively inexpensive upgrade that could get some work done for them. Do? Yeah, uh, I totally agree. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Brett. <laughs> yeah, I've I've not played much Targaryen. I I did play a game and I somehow managed to win against a Stark activation spam list, but it was it was more or less just sticking to the Dothraki, which I, I I caught the end of you guys saying that we were going away from the pure Dothraki horde. But uh, that said, I think um, I'm not really sure that the uh, the mercenaries are necessarily a great fit for that. I think the, I think the Targaryens would turn to mercenaries to try to field, to try to kind of fill out their activations. But I think at this juncture, they're probably best sticking to their troops, but there's definitely some issues with that because when I've played against, uh, against the Targaryens and they brought unsullied, yes, it's a very super scary unit. It's very strong. It's very powerful, but if you can avoid that unit and kind of leave them for last per se, they're they're still infantry, so they're still kind of able to be removed from the game, and you can almost just uh, ignore them. I think that Grey Worm's attachment is a is definitely a solid attachment. Like you said, you know they hit on fours, being able to reroll the dice all the time. They can't become weakened, and then the the, the defender becomes vulnerable. I think that they could do a little bit of work, but I, I think at the end of the day, the the defense save of four and the morale of seven is going to see them, you know, die before before they would do some of the work that you would expect. I think the best fit of infantry for uh, Targaryen remains as the Unsullied, but with that, with that price tag, I think until something gets sorted out and they can get their activations up a little bit, they're, they're going to struggle a little bit, I think, in, in, a, in a lot of scenarios. And then there's the whole challenge of actually finding those things out in the wild right now. True, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been playing a lot of TTS, so everything's been game as far as that goes. But but I'll stop <laughs> interrupting Justin. I've done it. I've done it twice now. You can go ahead. Okay, and I'm used to it. It's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny that you said that. That's hard to find them in the wild because uh, after Saturday, after I saw you guys playing, I saw the Unsullied just 
make their points back like threefold. I, I made a list. Uh, I think one of them has three unsullied. One of them has two. Uh, yet they're still like one has six activations, which is rough, but the other one has seven or eight. Uh, somehow I managed it. It might have seven, I think. But so it's still not bad. And considering like with Overrun with Gray Worm, uh, you can you can one shot two units even if they're like yeah. wardens if you're lucky. Uh, like there's not a whole lot that's standing up to 12 attacks sitting on two with precision without any cards. That's just, hey, I get that. And they have crazy fast movement, so they're getting charges off that your units can't, so it's not like you can set up very easily. Um, I think the Ensolate are quite strong right now. Yeah, the price tag reflects it, but they're a tough nut to crack. Yeah, I think, I don't know, uh, personal experience from playing against them, they're just, I don't know, I feel like they're a bit too powerful, but I mean, we'll have to see. Huh. I'm not I'm not one to jump on the train of nerfing something without, you know, a lot of testing, but hitting on dues and charging with precision means that anything you roll that's not a six, re-roll it just so you can roll a bunch of sixes. And now they get no saves. And I saves. did that every time. Just because, yeah, because on the charge with a reroll, you have just this, you have the same number of chance to, the same percentage of chance to get a one as you do a six. And that's, in my opinion, worth the reward. Uh, you know, so I think uh, precision combined with the fact that they hit on twos is a little crazy. And, uh, it's just, you know, it gets a little nuts when you combine, like, the the Targaryen tactics deck. Overrun is just amazing with these guys. It's just what I was saying. You can, if they're, especially if they're, like, a squishy unit, like, let's say you had, like, two cutthroats next to each other, I mean, they would easily one-shot two cutthroats on the charge. Um, with You know, if you're talking with Grey Worm in there with that 12 attacks, um, I mean, granted, you know, you're you're bound to miss with, like, one, and, you know, they could pass their panic test, but still, I mean, averages say that they're pretty much out of the fight after being charged by the Unsullied Swordmasters, and with the ta- uh, Targaryen Tactics deck, uh, it's very easy to get yourself in that position that you're going to get the charge off before your opponent does in, in a lot of situations. Granted, there are, like, Starks or free folk which could you know be a bit faster but uh some armies just can't match the unsullied uh charge but uh with that said um i know i was mentioning that we're going to try to splice the hero box in here and kind of talk about them a bit so we're going to go to uh ncus we'll talk about the three ncus that they added uh and kind of you know talk about where the faction is at in um, in their ability to run, you know, a strong uh, tactics board uh, presence. So first up, we have uh, Barristan Selmy, uh, four point attach or uh, NCU. Uh, did I say attachment or NCU before? I feel like. I think you said NCU. Um, we're going okay. with NCU. That's what Stick I thought. To it. Then. <laughs> okay, yeah. We're, so we're going to be talking about the NCU. So we have Barristan Selmy, a four-point NCU that was uh, added in the Hero Box 1. 
Uh, he's an influence when he claims a spot on the tactics board. Uh, he can uh, You can attach this to a combat unit, so it can be a friend or foe. Uh, while influencing a unit, when the unit is targeted by an enemy ability or tactics card, you may remove this card from that unit to cancel the effect of that ability or tactics card. So... Um, I think uh, if you're, especially if you're going to be running like at least one unsullied unit or even a vet, uh, like something super strong worth a lot of points, uh, this NCU is definitely worth its points. You know, the you don't want your ten point nine ten point unit to be you know killed by some outside effect or constantly like you know uh, debuffed in some way that Bearson Selmy would is the perfect way to uh prevent that from happening. Granted it's it's only one time, but how often are you going to be hit multiple times with uh effects that are really gonna take your unit out of the fight? Not that often, but um Chris, uh Sellers, uh what would you say about this guy? I know if you you've used him quite a bit lately. I love this guy. Most of the, well, all of the Targaryen NCUs minus Santa is the four points. <laughs> I think this guy at the four-point mark, you get your best bang for your buck. Because like you said, when you put this guy on whatever unit you really don't want messed with, like Unsullied, like you said, the veterans, dump this guy on them. And when somebody's coming at you, whether somebody's trying to Cersei you, or Melisandre you, or whatever, just pay the cost, take them off, get rid of that thing. It's glorious. I love them. Yeah, it's... So, oh, go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, yeah, it's definitely uh, something that when I first saw him, I just I didn't think he was really worth his points. It just didn't seem useful enough. But after seeing him kind of be played, I could definitely see how he kind of has his his spot. Uh, so I know we're talking about the NCU. Uh, there's only one time I feel like I wouldn't want to bring him because I, I think he's a great NCU. But uh, I was looking at the tactics card and thinking about him the other day for his commander version, and boy, do I want to run his commander version. I think he excels, and it kind of bites that you don't get to, uh, you know, you can't bring him in as an NCU. Like Grey Worm, you don't have to sacrifice that because he doesn't have an NCU, but it's going to be kind of like that, that Steyr situation, you know, where Steyr's commander certainly isn't bad, but no one wants to take him because they want his NCU. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to testing out his commander version too, but like you say, it's going to be a tough call to I want to sacrifice that NCU version, but for testing purposes, I have to do it at least once. Now, Presley Advantage is just such a good card with anything in 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 the uh, offensive capabilities of of Targaryens, especially with you know with um, Unsullied with precision. Unsullied, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his other uh, cards you know. are just un- phenomenal healing. Yeah, it's well, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get to him, but it, it's going to be a hard trade off, I think, once people start getting used to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you're saying. Uh, press the advantage I mean hitting on twos you charge in and all your fives and sixes are two hits that 
ignore saves and you can just reroll all the ones, twos, threes, and fours. I mean, that almost seems way too powerful. Like fives don't ignore saves, Dave. Only the sixes do. Five oh, doubles, gotcha. They don't ignore saves. Only oh, okay. the sixes ignore saves. But even with that said, I mean, uh, it's already bad enough without the doubling as it is charging in just with, you know, the attacks that they have press the advantage will put them so over the top. I don't know. Uh, I mean, granted the unit does have to be uh vulnerable. How good are they at throwing out vulnerables in the faction? Not great. <laughs> so, um, I mean, other than the, what is it? The outrider co or whatever. I mean, this yeah, is, this is where I think, yeah, the Outrider Co. has um, the tracker's ability. And then this is where I think the Simon was like, oh, this is where Jorah Mormont's solo unit is yeah, going to come just so, so handy. <laughs> <laughs> because scout openings is, I believe, vulnerable and weakened. So I think that was like a synergistic choice there where they're like, oh, this is going to be you know the perfect combination. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's Honestly, hard to get that attachment in. You know, it's hard to yeah, get other the, uh, than, the Outrider Co. Other than units that outright, like, block attacks, I can't think of, like, a unit in the game that would survive this charge with press the advantage. I mean, I'm pretty sure on average, even without a panic test, they should kill a full unit, 12 guys, with that well, many attacks. Um, two things real quick before it passes and I don't get the opportunity. Um, I think yep. keeping in mind that uh, with tactical regroup, uh, Barristan Selmy literally sets himself up with his vulnerable token. He doesn't need to help. When he retreats from a unit, they become vulnerable because they're within long, uh, it's long range of him. So he gives himself his own vulnerable token immediately that he can use press the advantage on. And then, yeah, with 10 attack dice, rerolling your fives and sixes, or re-rolling everything that's not a five and a six. I think I, I, I'm not great at crunching numbers. Carlo would be great for that. But I'm, I'm thinking you're going to get somewhere between 14 and 16 hits average. And then they're vulnerable. With with six of them being unsavable. Saves. Yeah. yeah, six That'll... is unsavable, right. But I, th- I think you're probably right. Most things that, that can't, yeah, it, it, it would yeah, be you'll pretty, kill, pretty awkward. You'll kill four to six units without them getting a defense save on top of the rest of the attacks with a vulnerable token for anything that happens to be saved. It's, it's pretty, pretty nuts. Brutal. And on top of that, yeah, Selmy's other cards also just continue to keep you alive for your very valuable nine-point units that are basically indestructible at this point. Yeah, I think it's, it's, like it's pretty nice. And then, not to mention, if you, if you happen to get lucky enough to engage the unit that you've chosen for knightly value, you're actually going to have 12 attack dice, which just makes me kind of want to vomit in my mouth a little bit. So, Well, on top of that, too, Unsullied having a six-inch movement gives them more of a chance of being able to engage the correct unit than most units are capable of. I don't like where this conversation's going. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's, you know, if there's one thing we can count on, I think it's that... Uh, Whenever something gets a little too crazy, Simon, uh, they usually catch it and they they do something about it. So uh, only time will tell. Obviously, this is all just kind of speculation, kind of just talking about it. So 
uh, we'll see how, you know, it plays out. But that just, it seems like a crazy, strong uh, combo at the moment. But uh, on to the next, uh, whatchamacallit, the next NCU we're going to be talking about is XXD, because I don't even know how to say his name. <laughs> Zarazorn Doxos. Zarazorn Doxos. Oh, that guy. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. I'll go back to being quiet. Four point, four point NCU. Uh, let's see. It's only showing me his point cost, but if I memory serves, he is uh, influence goes on a uh, combat unit. It could be friendly or enemy. I don't know why you'd put an enemy though. Uh, hey, do you want me to read it real automatically quick? Automatically block. Yeah. Uh, if you want to. Just make sure I'll read it and then if, or I'll uh, say it and then if I'm wrong, you can correct me. But the unit he's on, he'll block one hit. And mm-hmm. if you control the wealth, it's block D3 hits. And I believe it's every single time they're attacked, just like uh, Sword in the Darkness. Um, with You don't have to have the wealth to block one attack, though, so that will be always. That's correct. All right. Yeah. So. That one, I think, is a, a solid uh, four point as well. Um, you really are kind of, I don't know, the fact that they only have one three-point uh, NCU kind of makes it hard to run three NCUs at the moment, especially because, you know, you have the Unsullied and the Bets, so you really don't have the points to spare, in my opinion, to run three NCUs yet with uh, Targaryens without really lacking on the field. Uh, so he's wanting you to take the wealth when they want the maneuver in the combat zone. So it's he's definitely a great NCU, but it kind of sucks that he's adding a spot that you're going to want to take because that block one is not really worth it for four points. But when you factor the blocking D3 every, uh, let's say, every other round, uh, then he's kind of worth his points, especially because it's every time they're attacked once he's on. What yeah, do you think? I would uh, seriously consider him if I was taking Bellwasp, but outside of that, I think I would just kind of pass on him. Yeah. Um Jose, I know uh, you're lurking in the back there somewhere. Have you had a chance to play against uh, this guy yet? Um, I have, but I think, like you guys said, I think um, people run into the just like having to grab the money bags being a problem. Um, so I mean, I like I've played against him, but it's never been like a a big deal, I guess. Does that make sense? Um, no, yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but I mean, like I, I mean, on paper he's great. I mean, he I, like he literally brings like one of my favorite cards from the Night's Watch deck as like an NCU incident. Like it's, it's, I think it's fantastic. But I just think, like you guys said, it's a little tough to pull off. But I think maybe in the right circumstances and right build, you it, you could do it. Like you know, because you know, if you look at like Barristan or you look at this guy, you know, it seems that they're both kind of built around protecting their units like, uh, survivability, you know? So, like, I think you guys, like, like we've said, like, you know, they have all these expensive units, and these both of these MCUs are meant to kind of protect them, I feel like. 
Um, so it just depends. I guess it depends on the list you want to do and what your focus is. But I think he definitely has his place. I don't think he's – I just think he's not as uh, – well, he doesn't, like, synergize with the deck as much as far as, like, what spots he needs. But I think he has his place uh, given in the right list for sure. Yeah, if you don't mind me, uh, kind of. Oh. oh, go ahead. If you have something. No, I was, I was just going to say real one. quick. Um, yeah, I was just going to say super, super fast. Um, I think like a lot of his value. Uh, I actually see it. I, I actually think of it his into you really, really, really highly because I think a lot of his value comes with um, Targaryen's kind of innate synergy with just neutrals in general. So for me. Like, I think Stormcrows are such a strong, I know we're talking about this before, I don't want to backtrack, but I think Stormcrows are such a strong kind of list building option for Targaryens right now, just because of the innate points. And the fact that you can put him into your army, you can take the bag and you just can essentially get free attacks off taking the bag. It's not just a waste of, you know, um, you're not just taking the bag and, and you don't get anything out of it. You can actually get attacks out of it. And I think once people start to get their hands on dervishes, they're going to see how well that unit works in Targaryens and other factions too, but that's not where, why we're here. <laughs> Brett knows what I'm talking about. Um, but um, I think they work so well in uh, specifically mercs and dervishes. I think they work so well in Targaryens and to be able to get those free attacks, like, it'll increase the value of having that five point Merc in your army and kind of justify being able to take that five points to maybe get you to five combat units or get you to six combat units, however you're playing. That's a a really good point. Um, Like that's exactly what I was talking about. You know, like have being in the right list, he can definitely do some crazy stuff or that can be a lot better at least, you know? And yeah. uh, I didn't even think of I didn't even think of that like as you were seeing that combo with the Storm Pros, I was like, oh my god, that's fantastic! Like, I didn't even think about that because for me naturally, I don't use mercenary or like the neutrals. I don't like mixing neutrals with whatever army I'm using. It's just a personal thing. I don't know. I'm weird like that, but uh, the, the that combo didn't even cross my mind. But that's a really good example of a good like a good list for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think. Uh... Yeah, especially when you combined him, his defensiveness with, like, uh, kind of like we are talking about with um, Selmy, uh, NCU being kind of defensive for your big unit, uh, either Vets or either of the Unsullied, that even if it's blocking one hit, just giving him that much more survivability, uh, especially if you take, you know, Grey Worm, in a unit of uh, Swordmasters to make them super offensive. And then you have Sell Me, and, um, you know, you can kind of either Sell Me or uh, this other guy uh, to make them more defensive. Granted, you won't be able to do that. You can only influence. Yeah, that guy. (laughs) Um, You won't be able to influence both of them on the same unit, uh, but you'll depending on your matchup, whether or not you feel like you need to stop uh, abilities or prevent some wounds uh, is which one you, know, you might want to put on the unit. Or if you have two big units, you could put one on each. Uh, I think it's definitely uh, either of them are a must-add if you're going to be running like a vet or unsullied unit. Um, on to the next, uh, the last of the three new NCUs in the hero box would be uh, Pyatt Pre, is that how you say his name? He's a four-part NCU. Yeah, that guy. Um, he 
is interesting. He uh, has House of the Undying. He places uh, House of the Undying Tactics Zone card next to the Tactics Board at the start of the game. It acts as an additional Tactics Zone for all purposes. If Pyatt uh, claims the zone, you may add plus one to the die roll for its effect. And the spot itself is... uh, you can only have one of them in the game, so if you're both playing this character, there's only one of this added. Uh, and when you claim it, this spot, you roll a die. On a one, your opponent discards their hand of tactics cards, then they may place up to two condition tokens on one of your combat units. So it's good and bad, you know, making them discard a bunch of cards, but then they get to put some condition tokens on you. Um, two through five... Your opponent discards the top two cards of their tactics deck, so you can eat away at their tactics deck, which is always a good thing. And on a six, you can search your tactics deck for any one tactics card and place it in your hand. Then shuffle your deck, and you must and you must then roll again. So if you have him uh, claim it, he can't roll a one, so you can't ever... Your opponent's not going to be able to place any conditions. You won't be able to discard their hand. And you'll automatically be at least discarding that top two of their tactics deck. And you have a one-third chance of searching your deck for any one card you want and rolling again. And uh, based on what's on this card, there's no limit to how many times you could keep rolling a six and keep searching your deck for cards and keep rolling again. Which I wish it would say, like, uh, that you can only roll again once because that could get yeah, kind of insane. Yeah, you know. Well, actually, <laughs> it'd be pretty funny if you roll, you know, like 10 times and now you have the 10 cards of your choice in your hand. And then you play attrition tactics. No. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty funny as you nuke one whole unit of 10, you know, if. Ten wounds off of a unit to knock out ten cards from their hand. <laughs> and a heartbeat. But, uh, but well, one thing I wanted to bring up his... with him... Oh, go ahead, Chris. If you look at his card at the bottom, it says, if Pyatt claims his own, you may add the plus one. So for whatever reason, you really want to, like, get some cards in your opponent's hand, don't take the plus one, just have them dump the, the cards from your hand. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, missed that part. Uh, One thing I wanted to add with him is that his effect will only... Basically, he's adding this tactic spot, but either player can take it. So I kind of count that as moot. Like, it it doesn't really... Since it's a benefit to both players, you're not, in my opinion, really paying for it because all of its effects aren't really effects that uh, work uh, to boost the Targaryen's uh, uh, strengths. So I see it as kind of not like you shouldn't really be paying for this. Um, So his ability itself, though, adding the plus one, obviously will only happen if he himself takes this spot. So I kind of wrestle with the fact that I feel like he's not worth four points just because your opponent can take the spot half of the game and um, and you can only take it half the game. And if you don't take it as your first action, technically your opponent can take it all game uh, if they wanted. 
and the fact that the Targaryens can't really field the uh, three NCUs optimally at the moment uh, without really suffering on the field also makes it kind of hard to justify him as well because if you're going to be running him I feel like you really want three NCUs because if he has to take this spot that means you only have one NCU to take one spot of the other five and it really lends to the strength of a three NCU opponent if you're facing an opponent with three NCUs and there's six uh, tactic support spots and you only have two NCUs I feel like you're giving your opponent a lot more benefit than you get out of adding this spot. Uh, Chris uh, Mythicos, what do you think about that? Uh, you know, this guy, this guy's a head scratcher. Um, I think it's a, it's a cool concept of like a cool game mechanic, adding a extra kind of tactic zone to, um, to the board. Um, his effects, I don't know. The the fact that you the opponent can get the benefit of the zone as well, but his only kind of effect that would make you take him is the fact that he gets a plus roll plus one on the die roll. Um it's it's tough. It's tough. I, I can't see this guy ever be playing competitively in the way the meta is currently. I think as we go down the road and um, I I truly believe that three NCU it was a thing that was never intended by Simon, and I truly believe down the road that there is a possibility that that's going to be changed. So the points are going to be changed or something. Like I don't know what, but I feel like they're they're going to start moving, trying to move the game away from it. So I, it might make more sense to have something like this in the game, but the fact that like you so desperately need you know, either Barristan or even, you know, uh, Zero Doxos. Uh, it's just really hard to justify taking this guy. Like I said, cool, cool design. I really like the fact that it gets, a, gets an extra zone onto the tactics board. Um, but I just don't, I just don't ever, it, it's like, um, oh my gosh, Jojen Reed for Starks. Like it's a cool idea, but you're never going to see that unit competitively just because there's just too many things that can go wrong. You can get the things, uh, that you don't necessarily want to happen, and you can get it consistently just based on bad luck. It's a dice game. It's going to happen. So, you know, it's one of those things that comes down to a dice roll, and a lot of people would rather take the stuff that they know for a fact is going to happen in terms of, you know, abilities that are orders, abilities that are just innate. Uh, this is kind of one of those things that can go a myriad of different ways, and it's just a little too inconsistent to be a competitive piece, I think, at this point. But as we go down the road, maybe, you know, maybe it makes more sense. But for right now, I think he's he's kind of one of those, I'll just going to play him for fun. I am going to play the devil's advocate here, actually. And oh, maybe boy. I can convince you guys, friend Justin over here, who is recently today has been sold on Piat Free. So hear me out. Don't judge uh, me. At, at, so the worst case scenario with Piat Priest, uh, they're going to have to dump two cards from the top of their tactics deck. The best case scenario, you're tutoring for cards, and maybe you're tutoring for cards over and over again. We literally just discussed how broken Barris and Selmy's cards can be. You can go through your deck and grab those cards. Now, as a person who would be playing against Pyatt Pre, I'm not overly fond of dumping my whole hand, possibly. I'm not overly fond of losing two cards off the top of my deck 
and I'm really not fond of Targaryens going and finding cards over and over again. So what Pyat Three does is he adds that extra space on the tactics board, and he obligates your opponent to, to take it. Now, keeping in mind that Targaryens are blazingly stupidly fast, and they can create a ton of board pressure, they have units that you want nothing to do with. So you can march that unit of Unsullied up to a target that they really don't want to be attacked by Unsullied. You can position Dothraki veterans into a position where they really don't want a, the, the swords to be open so they can eat a charging volley from that unit. You're obligating them to choose between something really bad happening on the board, or if they go to the board first, you're getting the House of the Undying, and bad things are happening. And I found that putting... And just in my experience, when you give your opponent two choices and both of them completely suck, you're doing something really, really well for yourself. And I think that helps to mitigate some of the disadvantages that Targaryens have right now because their deck is bent. And a, a way to counter that deck is like Starks having devastating impact. Well, if I dumped your whole hand, you don't have that anymore. You're only going to let that happen one time, I promise. And then you are going to realize how powerful that that uh, House of Undying actually is. That's just my opinion. I w- if I was running Barristan Commander, particularly in a unit of Unsullied, I would have Pyat Pre in my list no matter what because I'm hoping that I roll fives and sixes and I get to go build my Barristan Selmy busted-ass uh, tactical regroup <laughs> with press-the-advantage combo. That's just me. Hmm. Okay, me I got one for you then. Oh, wait, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, go. Okay, I'll... So, I have uh, something to say to that is, now, what if me with three NCUs and you with two, and I take it, and I start discarding all of your bears and sell me, press the advantages by rolling, and, and then you discarding them off the top. Or if I run Varus, and all I have to do is shut off the space, which then shuts off you, your space, and your guy. <laughs> But I, I think the, the build with Bears, with Bears and Selmy and Unsullied and Pyat Free, I think you're almost obligating your opponent to run Walter Frey and Varys. And if they're committing nine points to those two NCUs, yeah, it's a little bit of an inconvenience. But the fact <laughs> that you're almost forcing your, the, the fact that you're almost forcing their hand has some some advantages. And the other thing is, if yeah. you cancel my zone, I don't have to immediately go to the House of Undying, I can go claim a different zone, and then the pressure's back on you. Are you going to, are you putting Walder on the crown and shutting off my Unsullied, or are you going for the House of Undying, and then my Unsullied, with all of their abilities, are going to come right up your ass, you know? I think it, I think it's, I think that, um, I see where you guys are coming from, and when I initially looked at it, I was like, this zone is not that good, and I wouldn't see it being run, but I think I think it's one of those things that maybe people need to try it and, and play it and see how big of an impact it has. And it's like I said, the first time that Targaryen player starts just, oh, I'm going to go get a card. Oh, I'm going to go get a card. I think they're going to want to put a stop to that. Like, well, I'm not leaving that zone open again. That's, this is dumb. So that, no, it, 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 I, I, mean, I definitely agree. playing around with tactics cards. So it's one of the most important things in the game, and I think, I think it's a cool little bit little zone personally how competitive it is you know it's yet to be seen but i can see some advantages to it yeah i definitely agree that like the spot is amazing like it's really good but it's the fact that either player can take it um i'm i think it's when targaryens are able to take three ncus granted you could take Roos in all fairness but um 
when they're able to take three NCUs, I think he is going to be like one of the best four point NCUs out there. But I feel like the fact that they can only really run two at the moment, like in most lists uh, or most of the lists that I've seen that have performed well, kind of hurts the combo. Uh, And the fact that Varys can do what he does to a lot of the other um, uh, NCUs that are similar, where he can shut off the board to shut off essentially both. Granted, yes, you could then take it later with, let's say, Selmy NCU or whatever other NCU, but if, let's say, you say activate uh, Pyat, and then I go, okay, Varus board else, but then now you're losing out on that plus one effect, which is why I feel like at the moment he's only really worth three points, but once they're able to take three NCUs, it's it's going to jump him up to being an amazing four point, I guess is where I'll leave it at. But uh, really quick, I, I did, uh, you know, I, um, I was just going to say, I, Brett definitely changed my mind about him. It made me think of him uh, in a different way. But I did want to share just a fun, really like fun story that honestly, I think it's kind of, um, kind of just like a, like a one-off. I don't think it's going to happen a lot, but it's just like crazy that it did happen. So I was playing against someone that brought him on the spot. <laughs> and I was using um, Andrew Estermont, <laughs> and uh, I just so happened to get to the spot twice, and uh, I rolled um, the one where the I rolled a one twice. So two separate occasions, they discarded their whole hand, and then I used uh, attrition tactics and made them discard their hands like again, like on different turns. So for like four turns, they had no cards in hand, and I just thought it was cool. uh, it was just. I just thought it was really funny. Like, I mean, again, that's like a really, like, one-off situation, but I just wanted to share it. That was really funny. Well, yeah, and that kind of goes to what I was talking about, that you aren't the Targaryen player, and you're able to use that spot that essentially the Targaryen player paid for uh, to really screw them up, which is why I feel like where he's at right now I feel like he's more of a three-point NCU. Uh, or, uh, but we'll see once they're able to start taking three NCUs. I think then you'll be able to put a lot more pressure on your opponent, um, knowing that you can take as many spots as they can. But uh, and who, you know, could even you know justify four NCUs at that point, especially if you your opponent's only going to have two. You could uh, run four, and there's going to be six spots, and you'll be able to take four spots worth of stuff. Did you just lose your mind? Four NCUs? What are you crazy? No, I'm I'm totally with it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say one more enough. thing on the subject, and then and then I'll shut up for a second. Sorry, guys. One more thing on the subject. What it, what it reminds me of where I was talking about the creating some board pressure and making your opponent make choices, it reminds me of the Walter Frey situation. So obviously everybody's dealt with Walter Frey, and, and I think when you looked at his card, it's like, well, I can get around this. You know, on my When I'm first player, I'll just go play the crown, and then Walter doesn't get to shut my abilities off. But when you're in that game when you're, and when you're in that situation, particularly if you're playing an army like Stark, it's like, cool. I don't want my Tolly Cav shut off. I'm going to take the crown. But shit, I'm taking the crown, and I'm Stark. 
don't, I don't really need the crown. And, and now the swords are open and the bags are open and the letters open. This really sucks. So I think it kind of creates that same thing. Like, yeah, cool. I'm going to go take the house of undying stupid Targaryens, but you have the horse, the sword, the letter, and the money bags, whatever zone you want. It, I, I guess you can go ahead and have it. Cause I had to take this stupid additional zone that shouldn't exist. If not for you guys, you know what I mean? I think it's like, I think it's like that same mentality. And I've been in that spot where I played Walder, and it's like, damn it, I really need these Tully Cav, but I don't want to play the crown. I want to play the sword. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And I'll go away for a little while now. <laughs> I think the only difference between those two, and they are very, very similar, the only difference I feel like is that uh, the crown is kind of a crappy spot if you don't need it. Uh, making someone take a panic test, especially with the new changes, so you're doing anywhere from two to four if they fail. But the House of the Undying, you may be pressuring them to take it before they do, but it's a really good spot. So, like, you may not need the spot, but at least you're getting some really cool effect out of it, I feel like. Whereas the crown, it's like, I really don't want to take this crown because I don't want to zap a guy and maybe or maybe not do... uh, any wounds but no i see what you're saying and putting pressure on them is definitely really good but when your opponent has three ncus and you only have two i feel like you're helping them to put the pressure back on you um but we'll see i mean i have yet to play against it i've played against all the other ncus for targaryens but not him yet so um maybe everything i'm saying is you know just you know just the way I'm thinking it's going to be, and maybe I could be totally wrong. So, But I think we've kind of gone over the NCUs quite a bit here. Uh, we don't want to eat up the whole time with that. So we'll jump into uh, some of the units real quick. So most people have already seen uh, the Unsullied Swordmasters. You know, they're six movement, four up save, four up morale, hits on twos, ten, seven, six for dice, precision, so sixes don't allow saves and they can never gain condition tokens. Uh, the unit that uh, was revealed not too long ago uh, was Unsullied Pikeman. Uh, it does say subject to change before final release, so it is possible that these guys change. Uh, they have a 4-inch move, 3-up save, 4-up morale, hits on 3s, 8-8-4, uh, they have set for charge, so it's when this unit, uh, it's an order, so when this unit is unengaged and charged from the front, this unit may make one free attack action against the enemy before they resolve their charge attack. Another order, shield wall, when this unit is attacked from the front, after attack dice are rolled, automatically block D3 hits, and unyielding, this uh, unit may never gain condition tokens. So, uh, who knows, this unit could change, uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes. I think, you know, this unit is super defensive. Uh, let's see, a three-up, four-up with uh, those abilities makes this probably the most defensive unit in the game uh, if it comes out unchanged. Um, and then last one I'll talk about before we kind of jump on, you know, jump into everyone's thoughts on them is uh, the Dothraki uh, uh, Harakers. Big kitties. Harakars? Yeah, the big cats. The kitty cats with guys on horses whipping them. Uh, Six-inch move. Uh, Six dice hitting on three. They're uh, solos. 
uh, their symbol says they're a monster, so solo, um, which is why they only have one rank, so they'll always have six dice hitting on three. Uh, they have a four-up save and a three-up morale. They have vicious, and they have uh, the in- innate ability of uh, five wounds. At the start of this model's activation, it may make a free maneuver, so they're fast, like Calvary. You may hold this model off the table instead of deploying it. At the start of any round, as it's activation, deploy this model fully within short range of any flank table edge. So, a nice like ability that they have all the time. Um, how often you'll use it, uh, you know, who knows. But uh, what do you think, uh, Angus? About uh, the uh, as far as the Rackers go, I think they're they look great to me. Um, the only concern is you know the points, and I think I'd be pretty comfortable paying you know four or five points for them. Uh, beyond that, I think I would rather just take another unit of Screamers. Um, and as far as like the deep striking coming in off of the flank thing, I would imagine I'd be using that almost always. Uh, because you can set them up fairly out of the way where you don't have to worry about them being attacked because of the free maneuver. Um, the five wounds, that's a little bit concerning, but, you know, again, you can get them out of line of sight and they can come in and just wreck face from the rear. So, well, uh, I want to... made a... I was just going to say quickly, someone made a good point that he's this is very similar to the mountain that rides, so there's a good chance he's four points. But go ahead, Justin. Wasn't the point... I feel like uh, the points were confirmed at one point. Uh, I think it is four or five points, if I remember. Uh, anyways, um, I find it interesting that you said that you you like that outflank deep strike thing a lot. Uh, I don't at all, actually, because someone can just take the free maneuver turn to face you, you're not activating for any reason without Lirio Mopatis. Um, I guess, I mean, even if you were to get a charge, you only have so many attacks, and one attack will straight up kill you from almost anything. Uh, yeah, you're fast, but that's not any different than the rest of the army. Your attacks aren't gonna do that much. Like, I mean, tops, it's a little lesser than a regular attack from someone. Yeah, Vicious is nice, but... If they're anything more than four points, I'm not sure I would ever take it because that little wounds, they're the squishiest unit in the game, like period, with how their defense is. Um, well, so they're they're going to... Okay. Jorah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot about Jorah. <laughs> sorry, not counting him. I consider Wolves to be a little bit tougher because of their armor. Um, but... Like anything looks at you and you're just, you're gonna pop. The fact that there's no way to take that activation off in the Targaryen deck, with the exception of Illyrio, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think there is. Uh, I just you're gonna wait a whole turn before you can use them, and if you you deep strike somewhere that you think is gonna be a good advantage, your opponent has an entire round to just walk away from you or turn around or do something else, and heaven forbid they have any kind of cavalry near you. That's a 360 line of sight. There's no getting away from them. I think it's a well, huge risk. The edge, though. Sure, yeah, you do. You can stay away from Calvary, uh, but maybe that's not an optimal edge, and if your opponent knows you have it, then they can use that to their advantage as well. I personally don't think that they fit like my play style. I never really liked that that uh, Blackfish kind of deep strike thing. Uh, Jarl's I never minded, because I don't think he comes with an activation token, if I'm mistaken. But... Uh, 
Like that's how an entire round the they're not using them. I think the difference with blackfish, though, and I think which would make these guys so much better, is if they had a tactics card that allowed them to get like a free charge. So blackfish, the ability, the ability to have sudden charge, means it uh, doesn't really matter as much if you flank uh, or that and blackfish can go in the rear. Whereas these guys and the ones from free folk can only do flanks. Um, And what I don't really like about it is that it counts as your activation. So you're obviously not going to do it first round because everyone's in their deployments. Uh, You're, so you would have to do it second round. If you do it second round, then you're activated. That means these guys are not doing anything until round three of a game that probably only goes to five uh, rounds on average. Uh, that I've, in my experience, five is like when the game usually always ends. Some, you know, there's a decent amount where it'll end at six, but let's say if it's ending at five, that gives these guys only three solid turns to be doing stuff and. I feel like there's lots of ways to counter uh, that flank. Now, if you don't know if they have, let's say, like a sudden charge in your hand, then it gets kind of scary and makes them a lot more dangerous. But uh, I am not an expert on the tactics deck yet for Targaryens. Do they have anything that gives them like a free charge with any of the commanders? Uh, I believe Drogo uh, does. No, he's got he, it on his card himself. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I think if there was a card that gave them, like, sudden charge or something similar, then the flanking would be so much more dangerous. Like, Blackfish didn't even need sudden charge before uh, Outriders were changed because Outriders could take the maneuver and get a free charge, and that's what made I mean, Blackfish so deadly. I think it's compounded a bit more too because even if you were to somehow which they don't but somehow get like a charge or use Illyrio's one per game like what's the best you can do you, you get maybe some tactics cards but six attacks with, with vicious like that's not really I mean yeah you're going to well, hit someone in the flank but it's not the most you devastating you in the I've rear though seen. sure I mean you're possibly fast enough but if someone knows that uh, you could come in on a table edge I would expect them to be a little bit smarter than that I mean, yeah, I, I think these, that. Oh, sorry. Uh, let's just say these guys are four points. You could try to out activate someone, and then if you can get that one uh, activation after they've gone, come on the board, and then rear charge. You know, that's three dice with three rolls, or six dice with three rolls sitting on threes, and then uh, with a minus two, and then a minus four vicious. Uh, I think you could do a lot of uh, pretty decent damage, but we're I think if their point cost is low enough, that'll their their merit will be their point cost in the Targaryen deck. But where are you saying? Yeah, I mean, sorry. No, it's just like th- these units are going to be finishers, and I think like the problem with any deep strike ability in any tabletop war game is that a your opponent knows it's coming, so they typically play around it. So it, it's one of those kind of I, I kind of just don't even think about that ability when I look at this unit, um, because on occasion, it's going to be awesome. Um, most of the time, it's probably not going to be super useful. Um, but these guys are, pr- 
probably going to be pretty scary in the Targaryen day or Targaryen list if they're at four points, especially because these are going to be your finishers, right? These are guys, the guys you're going to sneak around the sides, you're going to slam into the flank, you're going to hit for six, you're going to throw vicious, and you're probably going to wipe at least you know six to you know five to six models, four to six models to finish off a unit, and they're going to continue to do that. And I think Targaryen really, 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 really needs something like that, especially the way list building is kind of constituted right now. And kind of while I'm going, I'll just kind of slide this in real quick. I think Unsullied Swordmasters need to be worse, not because they're broken, because I think eight points Unsullied Swordmasters with a slightly tuned down attack profile would fit so much better into these uh, faction list-wise, especially when a probably 10-point Unsullied Pikemen come out it would just make it so much easier to make a competitive list. So I just wanted to slide that in there too. <laughs> no, I agree. I think if uh, Swordmasters made it to eight and Pikemen made it to nine or something, somehow I feel like that would, you know, because 40 points is almost universally the, the points cost to play. Like uh, there are outliers out there, but I mean, almost everyone I know plays 40 points whether it be friendly games or competitive, uh, that just seems to be the go-to almost every time. And I feel like at nine and ten points, you know, that just makes these that prices them out of wanting to do an all unsullied uh, army, which I think should be encouraged. I think there should be a place for all uh, for an all un you know an all unsullied list. And I think at putting these guys at eight and nine would be just uh, pricey enough to make them elite uh, while keeping them cheap enough to be able to run enough units of them to where, uh, you know, you don't run like three units and a bunch of NCUs. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of exactly what I was thinking. But we'll see what happens. I don't know. They're fairly new. So I'm, I'm assuming yeah, a, it's... a... I was just saying, I'm assuming, I'm assuming we're probably like getting to the point where we're going to see another host or round of changes in the next couple of months. So, I mean, a lot of this is like, you know, kind of, you know, back and forth, but we don't know what's going to happen before, you know, the next couple of months come and probably more changes come and more balancing and whatnot. So it's always interesting to see what's going to happen with a unit like that. Yeah. And you never know, they might even get like a third unsullied uh, unit that maybe is cheaper, you know, and that way, you know, you're running like one pikeman, one swordmaster, one of something else that's maybe an eight point, you know, and that way you have like an eight, nine, ten points uh, for options. I got it. We'll call them unblooded. (laughs) I bet you that'll be the cheap unsullied unit. Well, yeah, it's the ones who haven't... uh, fought yet and it's unbloodied unsullied that's actually the one cool. like, that'd be pretty cool I mean most of her unsullied when she got them were untested because the tested unsullied were sold to other people that makes sense I think I it's, I think it's gonna happen I'm calling it now <laughs> you heard it first here try to be that guy you heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah that's the units that aren't really officially out yet uh the Swordmasters have kind of made it into the wild quite a bit, but the Pikemen and the uh, the Kitties are uh, both say that they're subject to change. So who knows? They might change a bit. This might just be one of their teasers that they show it to make them look like 
you know, at least the pikemen look ridiculously powerful and might not even be that way. Though I would say I'm pretty confident that unyielding, the unit may never gain condition tokens, will be on the unit since it's on the Swordmasters. I think they might make that like their their thing that every uh, Unsullied has uh, stock. But as far as like set for charge and shield wall, who knows, they might or might not have both or uh, either. So we'll see. I'd expect them um, to keep separate charge since they have spears. That's my my yeah. Opinion that makes on that. a lot more sense than the shield wall. Yeah, they got little tiny shields. <laughs> so I mean, technically, you could say like shield wall for any unit if they're good enough at formations. I guess I don't know. I don't know if you got a buckler. Good luck. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So we don't really have time to go over like all the different attachments and whatnot. So we'll just kind of end the show off by talking about, you know, kind of what the main topic of the show was, is, you know, just kind of the state Targaryens are in and what they kind of, you know, the things that they're facing at the moment, the their strengths and weaknesses. So I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to say that I think uh, a weakness they're kind of running into is uh, just the lack of options at the moment, their lack of, you know, they're missing some pieces to the puzzle. Uh, Not only that, but activations, I think, are kind of hurting them at the moment. Uh, It's really hard for them to get up there in activations without really sacrificing a lot of what they're good at. Um, Though, I will say one strength they do have is uh, all their commanders are amazing. I absolutely love all their commanders, especially the three new ones, the three uh, infantry commanders. I think all three, especially when combined with the Unsullied Swordmasters, are just amazing. I think uh, it's one heck of a unit to have to fight, even with the Unsullied Swordmasters being nine points, when you add in a free commander, it just makes them insane. Um, What do you think, uh, Chris, from Mythicos? Well, I think, like I said, kind of at the beginning, um, there's definitely some issues right now with list building. I think the list building points are super clunky, I really would love to see Unsullied Soulmasters be a little bit tuned down and go to eight points. I would love if Screamers, they find some way to get Screamers to five points. I know with the Cav movement, it makes it really, really hard to justify them at five points. I mean, in a tactical sense, it gives a really, really distinct advantage to have that extra maneuver. Although everyone that's played Targaryens knows it doesn't really do much because they hit like wet noodles. Um, So I think I would like to see those two changes. Um, I just think, in general, the meta just is 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 in a really really rough place right now because I think that um, with the advent of like three NCUs just being like the standard, I don't think that's the way this game was ever intended to be played, and I really think that it's showing in the design, especially of this action. So I think down the road, and here's my big prediction: you're going to see a lot of changes coming, and I think that you're going to see Targaryen shoot to the top from the bottom. Um, as as this game starts to evolve, because I really really see some absolutely devastatingly strong stuff um, that they can combo on. It's just a matter of the current meta and the way the game's played right now is just a unforgiving place for them. They're just they just it's very very hard for them to be competitive. I agree with you. Uh, you the games I've played have been very uh, like. 
they're, they play, I think, so different than any faction in the game because they do rely specifically on speed. Like, they hit okay, but it's really their speed. And so normally you're used to, to playing a game with, in the beginning, you have a battle line, and one person's trying to break through to start getting into flanks and swinging around and out activating people, which we know from statistics and just from playing, if you've played enough, that activations are incredibly huge in this game. And when you have that disadvantage, it is it's an uphill battle from the start. The fact that your units have a hard time like getting into someone and actually doing enough damage to not get hit back, they're, they're, they're soft enough as a target to to hurt tremendously against almost any counterattack. Um, but that being said, like every time I've lost them or seen them win, it's always been like some crazy janky weirdness that nobody can explain. Like, I think they're such a unique faction and just so different than everything else that it's hard to come to terms with that. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, okay. uh, no, you're good. Uh, what do you think, uh, Brett? Have you returned? I'm I guess not. We'll go to you, Chris uh, Sellers. I concur with the other folks that the, the <laughs> points are in a wonky spot for them. That makes this building challenging. I mean, it's it's doable, but against some of the more competitive, like those 10, 11 activation Stark lists, I don't really see these guys being able to do anything spectacular against that, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they shake up coming up here with the release of these other units, because right now, these new commanders and attachments, a lot of the foot soldier ones, they're not going in cavalry units. So we're kind of waiting on more of these foot soldiers to come out to really see some of these guys shine. Yeah, and the, uh, anyone who hasn't really looked at the hero box yet, it has, it's filled with just amazing options. The, you know, the NCUs are... You know they're awesome. The commanders are awesome. The attachments are awesome. So it's it's just one of those things. Like you were saying, Chris, you know, we need to see what kind of other infantry comes out for these attachments to get put into. Whereas, uh, you know, both unsullied units that are you know make amazing combos, but you know if you're paying a crazy amount of points it makes it hard to run multiples of them, especially if you're looking to spend points to put attachments in them. Granted, you know, if one's a commander, but, uh, I mean, a lot of the stats have shown that higher activations definitely gives you an advantage. And, you know, elite lists suffer uh, from being out-activated and, you know, effects like Walder who can shut them off and really make, you know, you spending all those points kind of worthless. Um, so we'll see uh, what, you know, kind of what's in store for them in the future. I think, you know, these uh, kitties, depending on their point costs, could definitely change things up a lot, you know, giving Targaryens the ability to run elite lists while running a bunch of these, uh, uh, you know, smaller uh, solo units, especially if they're only four points. 
know, running two of those just to kind of keep you up in the activation game. Um, Jor, I'm really hoping, uh, I think he's kind of been the talk of the town for Targaryens for a long time. I think he's going to get a big boost, but we'll see. Uh, if he does, that, you know, as long as his points don't change, you know, three points for him, if he gets a big boost, that'll definitely help with uh, being able to take more activations. Um, especially right now, since uh, they only have one three-point NCU, and depending on who you talk to, you know, is whether or not, you know, you consider him good or not. I think he uh, has his place, uh, but I think Jor at three points just gives you that really cheap uh, activation option. But at the moment, he's really not uh, performing well enough to be justified. But I don't know. I think even something as simple as make him hit on threes, give him one more wound, and then make his order ability, like long range, I think would make him, you know, amazing. I think all of it would kind of make sense. You know, I think, Justin, you had mentioned uh, this before and maybe our other uh, Targaryen show is that, you know, he's he's a knight, so he should be hitting on threes, and he's on a horse, and all horses are essentially three wounds. The man won a tournament. Yeah. <laughs> he won a tournament with hitting on fours, didn't you know? Those are some good dice rolls, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends who's rolling it. Not me. He could, he could have been hitting on six. <laughs> Definitely not me. <laughs> so, uh, was there anything anyone wanted to add that uh, we kind of missed as far as, like, you know, the state of Targaryens? No? No takers? Um, so, I will just add that... Uh, you know, anyone out there that is playing Targaryens that maybe they haven't been performing as well as you would hope, uh, especially if you're some of the Targaryen players that were playing in uh, uh, Northern Realms games, uh, tabletop tournament uh, simulator or tabletop simulator tournament. Uh, I know a lot of the guys that did that, you know, they didn't perform probably as well as they had hoped, but I, I really truly believe that Targaryens are going to get a huge boost. Uh, I think, uh, Chris, you were saying, you know, they're going to go probably from worst to best, if not, you know, probably second best. Um, and I, I would have to say, I agree. It's one of those things that, you know, I think all new factions just kind of have to suffer through for a little while until they can get enough things to kind of, have as many options as the other factions. Um, Looking I think at you, the Night only Watch. outlier. Yeah, I was going to say the only outlier I think to that is Night's Watch, who were pretty much amazing from the get go. Um, I think a lot of that also had to do with Night's Watch being, you know, a lot of people didn't know how to fight them. Granted, after even after you figured out how to fight them, they still were tough. But I think they were. They just seemed unbeatable when they first came out. But other than that, I feel like every other faction, you know, they they kind of had to struggle through, you know, the not having many options until things got fleshed out. So we'll see how it goes. I think uh, there's 
bright things, uh, a bright future for Targaryens. Um, so with that, uh, we'll kind of close up here um, and uh, do kind of our uh, some of our shout-outs. Uh, Chris, uh, did you have any shout-outs you wanted to do any or any plugs? Uh, yeah, just thanks for having me, guys. As always, it's always fun coming on and getting to rant and rave about different things, and then I'm sure somebody will pick out something I said and get mad at me later on. <laughs> but, uh, probably. But uh, if you probably if you guys Brett. haven't seen uh, or yeah, no, Brett Brett's gonna be on my case later. Um, if you guys haven't seen any of the Mythicos streams, we do stream on uh, Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv slash Mythicos underscore Studios uh, every Thursday at uh, between six and seven p.m. EST. We've been trying to go a little earlier as of late. Um, but yeah, we play live games and uh, we do make some content videos here and there. And thanks again for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on and uh, you know talking about this amazing subject of Targaryens. I know uh, a lot of people have been kind of itching for us to talk more about them because uh, you know there's a lot of people out there that are kind of unsure you know where they're sitting at at the moment. But um, and then. Uh, Thank you to uh, Angus for coming on and kind of giving your insight. Uh, you know, yeah, for especially because you know we don't have a whole lot of the Targaryen players' um, experience beyond Chris, so it's definitely nice to have some more insight. Uh, well, I don't have someone much experience who's, either, but I'm struggling well, through. I mean, <laughs> any yeah, any any experience is better than no experience. <laughs> so, um. Let's see. Uh, uh, some other shout-outs I would like to do is, you know, as, as usual, if you have a local game shop, definitely try to help them out in these times. Uh, a lot of places are starting to open up, so it'll be a lot easier to help them. If you're in an area where uh, they still have not opened up yet, just email or call them, see what you can do to help them out. Uh, and for those that don't have a local shop, uh, if you are able to, um, consider either... Uh, Games Plus in Mount Prospect, Illinois. Um, look them up and consider giving them your uh, support. Or uh, Family Time Games in Indianapolis. Uh, they're run by uh, that shop is owned by Shane. He's an awesome guy who uh, helps out the community quite a bit. Really into the game. Uh, his wife, I believe, is still making uh, masks for. Uh, uh, everything going on out there. So if you want some masks, you can do that. Uh, and then I want to definitely plug the uh, Indianapolis tournament that is going to be happening. Um, let me check my phone so I don't give you guys the wrong date. It is July uh, 31st and August 1st. Or no, sorry. It's August 1st and 2nd. Uh, 31st is the day I'm leaving to go there. Um, so August 1st and 2nd, there is an Ice and Fire tournament in Indianapolis at Family Time Games. It is uh, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, on Saturday will be the main event, which is 40 points. On Sunday is the team tournament, where you will uh, – it's only 25 points, and you don't actually uh, enter with a teammate. You just enter by yourself, um, and you get – randomly placed with someone first round. I believe they're going to try to place uh, new players with experienced players first round. And then uh, everyone who won the first round 
gets then paired with a new partner in second round that lost. And if you lost, you then second round get paired with someone who won. Uh, and then they do it again for the third round. Uh, that way, every round you're playing with a new uh, new teammate and uh, you're kind of mixing things up. And then, uh, you know, uh, they'll give out prizes individually. So first place will just be an individual who won all their games that uh, who then had the best tiebreakers and whatnot. And there'll be other prizes as well, uh, best uh, sportsmanship and tons of prizes for both the main event and the team event. Uh, I'm going to try to spread it out to kind of give uh, incentive to do uh, both tournaments and make kind of a weekend out of it. I know uh, myself and uh, some others from uh, Small Council Radio, I think uh, we're still trying to work it all out. But uh, if everything goes well, I think uh, – possibly every uh, small council radio member might be out there. So definitely consider that. I think we're up to, I think Brett, uh, I don't know if Brett came back yet, but I'm here. I'm here. Okay. We are uh, how many people were we up to? Uh, 28 are confirmed, and we've got a total of 16 others that are interested in trying to make arrangements. We do have that strong cap of 50. So just keep that in mind. If it's something that you're considering doing and you, you want to come out and join us, you might um, go check the link out and, and join or reach out to me and let me know that, you, that you're considering going, and I can keep you posted on how it's filling up. It's, it's actually started to fill up pretty quickly. I think I posted it just a little over a week ago, and we had a lot of uh, responses to it. Um, we do have some really nice prize support, and as Dave said, it's going to be spread out. We're not going to give – a whole bunch of prizes just to the person who wins. There will be best presented uh, as far as in the hobby side. There will be best sports. Uh, we might even break it down to best of house. We've got a lot of really, really cool, uh, unique prizes that we're giving away in addition to some of those really hard-to-get unit boxes. And the more people who join and the more people who uh, who support it, the prize pool will get even better. So it's really exciting, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yep, and I know uh, some of the prize support, we can't really uh, say what it is at the moment because we're still waiting on confirmation for some stuff. But I can tell you guys uh, some of the stuff that I will be bringing uh, that uh, will be uh, donated as prize support from Small Council, which is a bunch of um, house uh, custom house card sleeves from uh, uh, Blitz, Blitz Minis um, or Blitz and Pieces. Uh, and uh, we have at, at least one of each house that uh, will be given out. We have um, a couple unit boxes. We have a Stark or Lannister starter half that we're going to be given out. We also have custom medals that we made for uh, best uh, first place, second place, third place, best sportsmanship, best painted. Um, and just a bunch of other stuff that we have uh, that we're going to be bringing some custom dice um, with some of the house mottos, uh, some small council radio uh, um, engraved stuff. So definitely check it out. There's going to be lots of things being given away. That's just stuff that we're going to be giving out. And I know there's a bunch more uh, stuff that we're going to be getting that we're going to be able to give out as prize support. So not just, you know, yep, the people gonna, that are going to win. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in real quick and build up the hype train. We are going to have Bolton Blackguard. We're going to have neutral heroes too. We're going to have some great axes. We're going to have R'hllor faithful and we're going to have Rose Knights. That's what we have 
confirmed as of right now. So that's that's pretty worth uh, getting excited about. Okay, awesome. I wasn't sure if that stuff was confirmed yet. I didn't want to say. <laughs> but uh, those that are listening, that, is, that isn't even potentially all of it. Um, there is even more that we have not been confirmed yet. So um, as soon as we do get confirmation, we will let you know if, uh, if that's getting, if the other stuff's getting added. Um, And then anything from here until then that we can get to add, we're definitely going to do so. I know a lot of people out there itching to kind of get back into, you know, playing in person. Uh, And if you're not, you know, if you can make the trip, definitely, you know, Definitely do it. Uh, it. It'll be worth it, uh, especially if you can make a weekend out of it. I know I'm going to be going and trying to get there early Friday, hanging out all day, you know, going out to eat, and anyone's welcome to come with us. And then, um, and then you know, Saturday all day for the event, and then, you know, again, go out, hang out on Saturday night, and, you know, all day Sunday for the team event. Um, so definitely uh, check it out. Uh me and a bunch of the guys from, you know, uh, small council. I mean, we drive, what is it, like four and a half hours distance? Something it's like, that. like three-ish. What? No. Yeah, it's like three and a half to Indianapolis, yeah. No. It's a lot more for it's me, like, Dave. It's like eight hours. It's four and a half for like me. like eight hours. Okay, well, it feels like 20 when you're driving with Justin. <laughs> you were asleep with the Rona. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, anyone that doesn't know that joke, I when we went out there last time, I was like on my deathbed, and it was like what January, and I swear I must have had the you know C nineteen is what I like to call it, but I swear that's what I must have had because I went into the hospital that night and uh, came back negative, and they're like, yeah, we don't know what you have, stop being a wussy. <laughs> so I went back and. You know, <laughs> trudged through that tournament, you know, on my deathbed and went home and <laughs> and got better. But so that's kind of that little joke there. <laughs> um, anyways, so that's kind of I think that's uh, all the shout outs. Uh, you know, again, you know, check out a song of ice and fire guild dot com and a song of ice and fire stats dot com if you haven't already. Um, Definitely like, out, uh, like and share out the page uh, and the show whenever you can. Uh, word of mouth on Facebook, wherever you can. Uh, f- you know, follow our uh, Facebook page. You can go on there and like and follow it. Uh, that'll kind of show us if our numbers are growing. Um, you know, we're we're not really looking for Patreon or anything like that. Uh, I'm gonna probably post tonight our first box to start raffling off. Uh, it's going to be neutral hero box two. Uh, simply, I think uh, it's going to just be like a dollar a ticket. And then uh, next week uh, we'll draw um, someone um, at the start or, start or end of the next show that we do. And uh, yeah, all the proceeds will just go to helping us uh, pay for the show. And then any additional that we get past paying for the show will just be to buy more boxes to raffle off and just kind of like, I guess, a vicious cycle. So if you want to support us, if, if something, if that's something that you, you know, if you're able to do uh, and you want to do uh, just, uh, you know, buy some raffle uh, and that way, 
not only will you be helping us, but you'll have a chance to win a unit box. So um, just look for that on our pace, uh, on our Facebook page uh, is probably where we'll post it and, um, you know, let everyone know. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that is it, everybody. I appreciate all of you guys for coming on, my hosts uh, and my guests. And I appreciate all of you guys out there that are listening to this, whether it be live or whether it be the recording. Uh, Thank you all again for your support, and we cannot wait for next week. This is the Small Council, and it is dismissed.